welcome to the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. I am your host, as ever, sexy, sexy Dory Peacock. With me today, as always, it's my sidekick, Grand Moff Timpun. I've been waiting so long to use that. Dory Peacock. Dory? Okay, I can't, I can't track that. It's too high. My hearing's broken. I can't. Your hearing's broken. It's Laurel, not Yanni. Don't oh. fight me. You know what? I listened to that a few more times, and I started to be able to hear the Laurel. But I, but now I can hear both. I can hear the Yanni, but only faintly, and it's not as good. And also, Laurel is technically correct, so I feel justified. Oh, yeah. No, I, I read that somewhere. But now, like, like to me, it sounds like Laurel. <laughs> I... And um, Yanni sounds like Yanni. I am stricken with a disease of some kind, some sort of viral infection, which is plaguing my my respiratory system. That's not good. Yeah, and it's really strange because Bad I am. Plan. It's making me oddly really manic because I'm right about to go to sleep and enter a cocoon of uh, non-action for 24 hours while my body enters a hyper-regenerative state. Uh, like a monk when they go down in an action movie, or or like Han Solo frozen in carbonite. He doesn't heal when he is frozen in carbonite. Carbonite. He just hangs out. Yeah, he's in a he's in a like a like a he's in like hibernation. Yeah, it's he's gonna be like, like that. But my body's state. gonna enter a highly regenerative state. Oh, okay. So you can regenerate. But a so lot. in the meantime, okay. I'm full of a flurry of random and and totally bizarre thoughts. Like I turned to you before this and I said, "Dory, look at the mandolin. Doesn't it look like a dog's face?" And you're like, "What? What's going? Oh, it does." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a thing on my wall that has a mandolin and it looks like a dog's face. It's actually a lyre, not a mandolin. But hey, you're close. I was telling the truth. Don't you dare say that about me. In the meantime, before you enter your regenerative state, Star Wars, it is a Star Wars. Yep, that's right. We you saw know, Star Wars. It's Star Wars time. Do you know what's more important than health is Star Wars? Is. Star Wars, it is a Star Wars. Well, I was going to, I was going to actually drop out and let you do this one by yourself, you know, let you do it. No. Do it. Solo. Ah! Ah, we she don't said get she did that. Oh my god. Oh. oh man. So guess we... what we saw, dear listener? Oh. That's right, Black Panther. Oh, you finally saw Black Panther. I finally saw Black Panther. But what we actually watched for the podcast was Solo, a Star Wars story. I watched something else for the podcast. Oh, man. I'm just going to be sad now. Huh? I'm just going to get in a cocoon. And be, I'm going to be in a cocoon of sadness, and it'll be a highly degenerative state. You'll never escape it. I watched all of 13 Reasons Why Season 2. <gasps> I did not binge watch it uh, in one night. It took me about the same amount of time it took me to watch the first season. But the first season, I had a deadline, and this time I just wanted to watch it. Oh, man. Was the second season better? Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's better and also worse, but I think mostly better. I think it ends up being better. Oh, that's good. Yeah. At least it's not just super worse. Yeah. I think overall the cringe from the first one is addressed and they have a lot of great stuff and I still I wanna know what happens. And I don't know, I feel like we maybe aren't giving that watching more of it. I think that people aren't giving it a fair two shakes because people are really quick to be like, This is wrong because morally it feels wrong for the obvious reasons. But I think that's ignoring, A, that people 
respond to it because it, it elicits strong emotional reactions, which good art is supposed to do. And B, teenagers really like this and connect with it really well. So like, I don't know. Maybe there's something to this. I don't know. To these reasons. I, oof. Ooh, these reasons I why. Hate, I hate to disagree with you. But you are a pile of garbage, and your opinions are nonsense. No, um, <laughs> that's not. That's not. It's so true. That's not the case at all. Uh, I. I don't know. I think maybe you're right. I just can't. I just can't with it. Well, I, ugh, I think you hit it on the head when you said it's, it's trashy and and shocking without acknowledging that it's trashy and shocking. I think what's going to end up happening, listeners, is eventually Dory will hear the siren song of the 13 nope. Reasons Season 2. Nope. Either that or I'll bribe her with that Eric Idle body pillow I've been always meaning yeah, to get her. Yeah, you've been dangling that body pillow in front of me for five years. Yes. <laughs> and I'll finally give it to you if you watch that show, and then we'll do a Patreon episode about it. Pictures are, didn't happen. All right, listeners. That's my feeling. That's my let's let's get to the let's get to the bantha meat the, of this podcast. Come on, judges, follow let's us. Let's get gonna, to the sarlacc. We're gonna steak. jump into we're gonna jump into hyperspace. Jump into hyperspace. Get your we're hyperspace blankets on because it's of, cold in space. <laughs> we're gonna come out of hypersleep. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna hug an Ewok. We're gonna ride a Tauntaun. Tauntaun is the, one of the only female characters in Star Wars. Maybe the Tauntaun might be female, and it dies. Oh, I think so. No spoiler alert for this thirty-year-old movie. All right, so Solo, a Star Wars story. Let's begin by by pointing out something that we have made a case for before, but I think we need to again. We're talking about a Star Wars movie on our on our podcast, which is ostensibly about young adult fiction. And oftentimes I tell people what we listen to on this podcast or we watch or we watch and or we read and they're like, is that young adult? And I have to be like, yes. Yeah, of course it is. But I think in the case of Star Wars, we have to maybe make the case for it one more time. Okay. I Yeah. Okay. I get that a lot of Star Wars fans are adults because it was a thing when they were a kid and they're nostalgic for it and they grew up with it and it's become a world unto itself for them. And that's great. However, I heard George Lucas say in an interview that he was just trying to make something that would have amused him when he was 13. So, I'm declaring Star Wars YA, and so shall it be written, so shall it be done. Yeah, well... Huzzah! And I cannot get out of my head, uh... Uh... What's her name from uh, Turtles All the Way Down? Aza? No, Aza's friend. Oh, Daisy. Daisy. Daisy, who wrote Star Wars fanfic. Daisy wrote Star Wars fanfiction, and it makes me think... Which we didn't talk very much about, but yeah. We didn't, but, you know, there's there's a lot going on there, and it makes me think, like, this is the sort of thing teenagers are talking about. If we're going by the metrics of things teens care about, they do care about Star Wars. Mm Mm-hmm. Star Wars is like one of the popular nerd things that they are writing fan fiction about and they do care about and people care about Ray and Finn and Poe and all the goings on. So we were we felt justified in this. Yeah, I feel absolutely justified. I would feel justified talking about any Star Wars thing on this podcast. So let's get into the meat and bantha potatoes. So Solo, a Star Wars story is basically what it sounds like. It's an origin story for Han Solo. We get to see him go on an adventure. And guess which adventure? That's right. Adventure. It's the Kessel Run. He has to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. In under 12 parsecs with his, you know, guy who... I was going to say his sidekick, but he's really the sidekick to Tobias Beckett, smuggler extraordinaire, played by Woody Harrelson, and his doomed lady love... 
uh, Amelia Clark, whose character's name was Kira. Kira, and young Lando Calrissian. I Kira about you. Oh, thanks, Tim. I Kira about you too. Ooh, gross! You're so gonna, nice you're time. gonna, you're gonna double cross me, or maybe triple cross me. Wait, that's what you meant? You bastard! <laughs> I'm gonna stab you and leave you in the desert. You totally are. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you get kidnapped by Infestness. That's what, that's what Han Solo would do. No, he's got a heart of gold. No, he doesn't. He's a bad guy. No, he's not. He's cool. Or is he a good guy? He's really cool. Who knows? He's a sexy man. Shut up. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so okay. detour. Take the exit. We're gonna we're gonna stop by this gas station. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. First, let me say we're not gonna. I'm not gonna synopsize this a ton. All you need to know is young Han Solo has a love interest, meets Lando, goes on the Kessel Run. He's that's fun. That's all you need to know. Uh, let's stop. Let's... We're not gonna spoil this one. Let's let's talk about some uh, cinnamon French toast. And now we're gonna take the detour and talk about the cinnamon French toast. And just talk about talk about a special man, uh, a pastry, a nice a nice egg, uh, one a little blancmange of delight. Yes, Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich, your the boyfriend, parasocial my boyfriend, love boyfriend, of my life. <laughs> your boyfriend, my boyfriend, boyfriend to us all. Alden Ehrenreich, America's boyfriend. Yeah, I think he really is in a lot he of ways. He was adorable can i say that yeah first of all you can he's he's just so attractive i think there was some pushback to him as han and i think there are actors his age who would have done a better han impression not the least of them being oscar isaac but he's already taken yeah. poe dameron yeah but i think alden ehrenreich captures what is great about Han Solo, which is Han Solo's vulnerability. And his swagger. His swagger, yes. So Han Solo, like, people people look at him as toxically masculine. I do not. Because what makes Han Solo great as a character is that for all of his swagger and his acting tough, he has a very soft heart. And Harrison Ford allows you to see that every once in a while in a way that makes Han really endearing. That's what I have to say. And I think Alden Ehrenreich... Uh, captured that in a in ways I think he was a little too much of like a starry eyed kid, and I would have liked to see a little more of that hard edge Han. But it was still it was still a great yeah a great time to yeah. spend with my America's boyfriend. Do you do you, did you keep up with the press stuff going on about this movie before it came out? A, a little bit. I heard the things because there was a lot going on in terms of rumors. Like people weren't looking forward to this movie being good because. Rumors were that they had to hire a new director and fire the two directors that were in charge halfway through shooting. They reshot basically all of the stuff they already did. And they hired an acting coach at one point. And they hired an acting coach for Alden, Ehrenreich, halfway through. Uh, And it's not unusual to hire acting coaches for um, actors, but it is unusual to do it halfway through shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, So we got more on that. Apparently the reason they got an acting coach for Alden is not because he can't act. Or can't do acting. We've seen him in two or three films mm-hmm. in which we both really like his performances in Beautiful Creatures. Beautiful Creatures. Perfect Boy. And Hail Caesar. And Hail Caesar where he also plays a perfect boy. And this one, apparently the problem was they he wasn't doing a Harrison Ford impersonation, which is what Disney wanted. Right. And I think he... And it's still not... It's not what I wanted. Yeah. And it's still not a spot on Harrison Ford impersonation, but it is... It is Han Solo, and it is a believable, young, idealistic Han Solo. And there was a moment when Woody Harrelson says, keep your eyes down, and Alden makes this face where he, like, 
rolls his eyes so dramatically and turns his head to the floor. That is a total Harrison Ford face. That's true. For like when I giggled so hard in the theater because I was like, oh, that's 100% Harrison Ford. Don't you feel like they kind of make all the things happen too much? It's like you have to have like the dice and the shoot and the Kessel run and meet Chewbacca. And like all these things are happening all at once when I feel like they could have been different movies yeah i felt like that too the thing that the thing there were definitely here here's this could be my overall review of this movie there was absolutely too much fan service there was absolutely too many quick and easy explanations for things that should have happened over time and had history to them there were new characters and tie-in characters that i didn't recognize or care about and i was absolutely taken in by every damn minute of it (laughs) I enjoyed the crap there out of this squeals. movie. Like I was next to Dory in the theater and there were like moments of squeals. There were gasps, gasps, gasps when characters died. There were gasps of ecstasy and there were gasps of sadness. It has such a like people, Giggling. Don't, people don't realize what an all star cast this is. Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. No. Oh, isn't she so good? What a waste of Tandy Newton. She, she's not in the movie very long and she she didn't have as much to do as I would have hoped. Oh, no. But what she does, she does super well. And Paul Bettany is your villain. The other parasocial love of my life, Paul Bettany, who I I don't know why that guy hasn't had a good vehicle lately, but he was so good in this. He needs to play like a sad doctor who's dying of like cancer or something. Well, he kind of he played sad Charles Darwin in that one movie. He should do it again. Yeah. People wouldn't even and his, remember. And his real wife, Jennifer What's Her Bucket, who was in Labyrinth, was his wife. Love in the Hewitt. Movie. No, no, you know. Jennifer I, from the eighties. I don't know Jennifer from the eighties. She was in Labyrinth. Is that, is that like your neighbor? Shut up. Jennifer who who makes over eighty thousand dollars a year? Yes. Yeah, that's my neighbor, Jennifer, who makes $80,000 a year that, and, and still lives in this building. And has that garden out back where she's like, Do you want some smoked hickory nuts? I make them every Sunday. And it's like, Thanks, Jennifer. I mean, I guess I'll take, I won't look a gift horse in the mouth, even if it's flavored in hickory nut. Oh man, you are sick. Okay, so Tim, give us, I warned you. Give us your hot takes. Oh, L3 is the best. The whole of the movie is less than some of its parts because I like individual elements more. How can you not love a giant space anus? Uh, where tentacles are flinging out of it in the heat of the third act, third, second act. And uh, Lando is sexy as all hell, like impossibly sexy. And it's almost comical sometimes how the impression goes, but it loops back around to being sexy. Um, They added way too many things in this movie. I think you can have one movie about meeting Chewbacca and one movie about meeting Lando Calrissian and one movie about the castle run, but not all three of those things in one movie altogether. Oh, yeah. And they had, I felt like they had kind of a, I don't want to say. And they're going to make another one. That's how they set it up. Are they? I mean. I bet. Maybe not now after it underperformed. But some of the stuff that they put in it definitely feels like they're setting up another Star Wars story. Totally. Well, and like I I was talking to my friend Aaron and he was talking about how he liked that it was kind of that they incorporated some stuff from the Star Wars Legends, which used to be canon. They incorporated some stuff from uh, Clone Wars. Uh, They mention Aura Singh, who is a crazy character. I hate her. I'm so glad. This is a good way to end Aura Singh off camera. In another movie. I thought we saw her die in Clone Wars, but I can't remember. I thought she crashed Slave 1, but maybe not. Um, anyway, 
they definitely had like an obsession with hanging a lantern on all the stuff that people find like charming about Star Wars and that kind of ruined some things like him saying like like some of it some of those lantern hangs were good like when there's a moment when they're hanging out in Lando's room on the Falcon and he has a whole closet full of capes and like one of them just goes this guy's got too many capes <laughs> and I was like oh that's a good oh that's a good little joke or when or when or when uh Solo is like sitting in a cockpit and he says, I have a good feeling about this. Whoa! Uh, Crazy! Like, like that stuff works. Some things, it kind of ruins. Like, there's a moment when he says, so your name's Chewbacca? Well, you're gonna have to have a nickname because I'm not saying that every time. I'm like, we don't need you to say that sentence. The fact that you call him Chewie means you've been friends for a long time. Although, my favorite thing, so when Han meets Chewbacca, the thing that stops Chewbacca from literally eating him is he starts like, speaking Wookiee at him and we get to see Alden Ehrenreich go yeah it's, and, and like make like actual language sounds out it's amazing their their little meet cute was one of my favorite parts of the movie and I kind of like like the way it was plotted and the way it was paced I thought was really good but I would have liked it more if they would have instead of trying to do everything like the whole Kessel Run and Lando and the Falcon and the stuff I would have really liked it if this movie was just Han Solo meets Chewbacca and they go on a buddy adventure and bond they really should because Chewbacca is you get kind of the sense of a younger Chewbacca yeah there is kind of a difference to him like Chewbacca never really gets to be a character in Star Wars he kind of always stands in the back and makes noises and someone else interprets in this one, Chewbacca ha- and and Han have a an, a meeting and opening a language. There's a there is a dynamic to them. Yeah, it's so fun. Well, and Chewie has motivations and wants and needs, like all the other characters do. And I would have liked to see more of that. Yeah. Are we gonna talk about L three. Yes, talk about L three. Okay, so the. No, wait, first, sorry. So you texted me. I did. I want to set this up for the listener. You texted me and said, I heard there's a robot in this movie and it's, and it's great. Yeah. Was the robot great? The robot was great and paradoxically frustrating by being as great as it was. Explain. Um, so you and I care about Star Wars like Laura Femera more than we probably let on. That's fair. We know a few things. Yeah. Um, you, I knew you more than me. I knew that the clones, uh, the stormtroopers aren't clones anymore before everyone started talking about that. Yeah. Because you know where they reveal that is in the the Battlefront Two video game from two thousand three. Right. I, I know stuff. Um, in Star Wars, it's really weird as like a science fiction story because there's a lot of science fiction themes they never get into. Yeah. They never get into should we give space flight technologies to pre space flight cultures? They never get into the ethics of Columbian exchange. They never get into what happens when we meet a giant dust cloud with more intelligence than us. I hope it's benevolent. Oh, geez. Um, a lot of like Star Trek era, like higher thought stories mm-hmm. become kind of cast away for like very simple, like adventure Western stories. Yeah. It's very American. It's very much like, how do we solve the problem? Good guys, bad guys. And kind of the only sense of philosophy you get is the really pseudo spiritualism of, of the Jedi. Of the Jedi. And what I'm getting at is one of the conflicts they've never brought up in any Star Wars thing ever mm-hmm. is do robots have souls? 
Mm-hmm. And our robots, what does it mean to be human? Mm-hmm. Um, in Star Wars world, if you have a droid, that droid only develops a personality if you go a long time without a memory wipe. Because it's, is it a sophisticated AI that continues to learn and evolve as long as it's not reset? Basically, that's the, that's my guess. Although it's probably okay. just like story reasons. Yeah. Um, so that's why R2-D2 is so great is because Anakin never wiped his memory. And droids can do stuff on their own a lot easier when they have that, when, when their memory isn't wiped. So there's, um. And they're clearly like. Like from the get go in Star Wars, the droids are clearly sentient and have personalities and yeah, needs characters. and wants and emotions. Yeah. And... Char- like like R two D two whines and screams. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they feel pain. Yeah, um, and yet they are an enslaved populace. So this, and it goes uncommented. So on. this story features a droid that is a girlfriend, not but not really to Lando Calrissian, who is a droid named L three. She is the first droid we've ever met who is noticeably female, mm-hmm. um, uses female pronouns and is female-voiced. Um, and L3's whole character thing is that she's it's she's a very great comedic character because she walks around and she's like, and, and she basically... She's Miss Thing. She does whatever she wants. Yeah. And it's weird for people because they're so jarred by her because she's a droid without any limitations in terms of like, she'll say whatever's on her mind, she has no filter, and she she has no problem like, and, and her whole thing is she's always like, droids deserve equal rights. I deserve equal rights. I'm sentient. I'm a person. I don't deserve to be treated poorly. Don't you dare treat me poorly. I will punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really weird to see because on the one hand, you look at her and you're like, yeah, she's right. She kind of does deserve equal rights. Yeah. Star Wars can't really handle the idea of our droids people. But here's this droid who's like, I'm a people. And it's played as a joke. Well, it's played. It's a joke because, but but this is the thing. Like, the fact that she's right is not the joke. It's not like, can you believe this dizzy dame thinking droids deserve rights? What's What's funny about L three is that for a robot who has gained so much self awareness, in other ways, she's not very self aware, and she has the foibles of a human, and that's I think what makes her what makes her I love the girl talk scene oh my gosh yes where she sits down like like Kira the the woman for Han is on the ship and at one point L3's like come over here and and Kira comes over and she's like let's have a girl talk and they have a girl talk about boys it's Uh, great and they're and like the relationship with her and Lando is so fun and playful and kind of flirty but and you get the sense that he's kind of annoyed by some of her her uh but also like attracted to her in a way that he won't talk about Mm -hmm. and is slightly embarrassed by Mm -hmm. because lando lando who is suave and charming and impenetrable and always the coolest guy in the room Mm -hmm. doing like a times two billy d williams impression Mm -hmm. he gets the voice pretty well he does he gets the billy d voice down like and if you're gonna if you're gonna watch young lando it's gonna be donald glover like yeah such such a great human such a perfect human man uh, what did you think of Woody Harrelson? Yeah, he's good. I wasn't I wasn't blown away. I I miss Tandy Newton. <laughs> I know that's Tan- where my heart lies. Tandy Newton was really great, and I don't know. I I think you're right. This isn't like Woody Harrelson's most intriguing performance, but I am constantly intrigued by Woody Harrelson himself, 
and the amount of pathos that he brings to these crazy parts he plays. Like, whoever would have thought that Woody from Cheers would be one of one of our best actors? Yeah. I don't know what Cheers is. Cheer- you know I don't know what Cheers is. You know is. what Cheers is. I You're know, full but of I wanted to say the thing because Gamora says it. Oh, that's right. When he's like, we're not Diane and Sam. Yeah, Gamora and does like, it. And he's like, this is not Cheers. And then she's like, I don't know, know what, what Cheers, Cheers is. Because she's not from Earth. Unlike Sparks, Nevada. Oh, man. Uh, I'm sad about Gamora. Sometime we're going to have to catch you up on what happened in Infinity War. I know what happens in Infinity War. I let somebody spoil it for me because I don't have a dog in that fight. My only dog is in a Star Wars fight. And that dog is actually a Ronto. <laughs> That's what my dog is. Okay, so Woody Harrelson, though, like, yeah, he deserves serious props for the actor he's become, and I just enjoy seeing him in anything. He's one of those guys that I'll watch in a box with a fox. You're going to watch the boxing movie where he uh, punches that that model? I absolutely will. Yeah. I will watch him punch anything. I will watch him punch a baby. Model baby. Model baby. Russian model baby. A Russian model baby. <laughs> Russian model baby. It's- I feel like we just made up a new EDM song, Russian Model Baby. Are you okay? Are you okay? No. Well, it's infecting me now. Okay. All right. What else do we need to talk about? About the solo. Yeah. I. Okay. So it definitely had... Action set pieces. There's action. two really good ones. Yeah, that's true. One really boring one. Which one was the boring one? Mine. Yeah, that one was not as Cloudy exciting. Cloudy and not... It was the great comic relief in that scene, but the... Tri- this movie has a train that is a cool space train. And this space movie has cool. a giant space, space, uh, space anus. And <laughs> by space anus, he means there's a gravity well that is in the atmosphere of a planet. That is flaring up like yesterday's Chipotle. And a space dwelling octopus creature lives near the gravity well. Yeah. He... There is not actually a space bug. Isn't it great? Some of this stuff looks really cool. Oh, yeah. Like, the effects were brilliant. Like like this scene, like the image of the, like, Star Wars gets right off in his setting. So space train or this giant yacht they have to go to to talk to Paul Bettany's mafia character. Mm-hmm. Or the, um, or the actual, like, space flight they do where they have, they, they're, like, find an Imperial cruiser in the middle of a vortex and it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, their settings were great. I uh, I actually really liked that mine that mine heist. You know what I think this movie is? What? I think this is the movie you watch when it comes on TV. I, I think it's that, but it's also the movie I can't wait to watch with my nephews. Yeah. Because I think they're going to love it. And Are you going to explain to them what, what sexual slavery is? No. Okay. Not until they're older. Okay. Actually, I shouldn't be the one to do that. But honestly, like... I was so taken... Sexual slavery in space. Uh, um, <laughs> sexual slavery in space. The movie. That's, the motion picture. That's what happens and they allude to it. They they do. It's uh, it's sad, but it works. Uh, I don't know. I think this movie... Oh my gosh. Like, no, let me talk. <laughs> Human trafficking takes on a whole new meaning when humans aren't the only species. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I think this movie has was way better than it had any right to be with all the shit that went down in pre-production it should have been a disaster and it wasn't it's not the most brilliant movie it's not the most brilliant star wars movie but it was 
so incredibly fun to watch, so incredibly competent, and I did legitimately squeal every time I saw an actor I love or every time something happened that would have happened in a Western, like a train heist or a shootout or a thing or a, a space race. Like it was very, it was very fun. Yeah. The one fan service thing that bugged me was the Millennium Falcon getting beat up to look like it to look now. like it is now. Yeah. Because I always, because you watch it and you, and there's a lot of stuff like that where there's things that are in place that you always assumed had evolved over time. And then in this movie, there are moments when they're like, let's really quick make that happen. Oh, the Millennium Falcon is so beat up because they, because they did this. Oh, him and Chewie are good friends because this one thing happened. Yeah, that's not, yeah. I thought the jokes were good too. Jokes were good too. I'm interested to see what more of these movies are like because Star Wars kind of lives and dies in these these little projects. Yeah. Outside of the main core trilogies that are coming out. And I think they might not make another one of these. Maybe because this one didn't do so great. It underperformed. Uh, yeah. In the box office. But I think that was partly because of all the discouraging press from the production process. I think it's honestly because people don't want to see a, a Han Solo movie as much as they think that people do. Where it's like I, I think I think the thing about Star Wars is it really goes by reputation. With these Marvel movies, you know what each of these characters are mm-hmm. from the onset, so you can pretty much decide on your own. Like I like wizards, I'm gonna go see the wizard superhero mm-hmm. i like comedians i'm and i like dads so i'm gonna go see the dad superhero mm-hmm. i like which Aust- one's that captain america that's that's uh ant-man is dad oh okay um, dad man um Dad-Man. i like uh offbeat new zealand humor mixed with beautiful australian men so i'm gonna go see thor you know what all these movies are before you go mm-hmm. and you don't really know what solo is going to be because you know who Han Solo is, but you don't see how he fits into an entire movie and yeah. you don't know who Jin Erso is. So I think what they're going to have to start doing is they're going to have to start making characters from whole cloth and then also getting word of mouth to really drive people to see, oh, you got to see this because it does this. That. And these movies don't really do. I mean, this movie does things individually. It is individual characters that do stuff like yeah. it has L3 and it has Kira and it has uh, the beginnings of Chewbacca, and it has Len- it has individual characters that do really cool stuff, and it has individual action set pieces that are cool. But there's no moment that takes your breath away, like watching you know Admiral Holdo turn a star cruiser around and ram it at light speed at the uh, the First Order's flagship. Like there's nothing like that that's quite as breathtaking and feels. Like you're watching history while you're watching it. And that's the thing about these movies that's difficult with blockbusters is you can always tell whether or not you're watching something special when you watch a blockbuster or you're watching Mm -hmm. something normal. I mean, I felt this way when I watched Mad Max Fury Road, one of my favorite movies ever, 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 is you watch Mad Max and you're like, oh, this is history Mm -hmm. right now. And I'm in the middle of it. And watching this was like, fine. And it was close, but it wasn't there. See, and I was okay with it being being fine because with these little these little intermittent Star Wars stories, that's kind of what I expect is like, oh, here's this week's comic strip about Han Solo. I think the mistake they really made was trying to do everything in this movie 
and make it an origin story for Han instead of having it just be maybe like an episodic adventure of one part of his life. Like maybe if the movie was just about how he became friends with Lando or if it was just about how he became friends with Chewbacca instead of trying to do everything. I think that would have made it good and you could have had everything... I don't know. I think everything would have had a bigger impact. That said, I really liked it. I really... It had such a good cast. I will say it was, I, it was a stupid fun ride. Here, here's what I hope. I hope that when they finally make that live action television show for adults, because right now Star Wars... Uh, serial media has been pretty exclusively for kids Mm -hmm. we got clone wars we got rebels and then girls got the force forces of destiny miniseries um if they ever make a live action show for adults i hope it feels like solo because that would feel that it sets a good tone for television which is not always good praise for a film Mm -hmm. but i think in this case if if a tv show felt like this movie did I feel like it would be really, really successful. Yeah, I think this movie had everything people liked about Serenity, where it was a space western. And it was neat to not see any Jedi and not hear about the Force and just see the part of the Star Wars universe that is the daily grind of the outsiders and the criminals and the the world that Han Solo always implied you he get a in. sense of tyranny under the empire that's been missing in every other movie where you see actual civilians lives being interrupted and ruined because of like airport searches and stuff mm-hmm. eerie by the way given our current political climate yeah and you get to see how the people that work for the empire are not necessarily like it's not like the empire is full of sociopaths it's full of people who join the imperial ranks in order to survive or people who join it because they've been taught and raised a certain way and you meet bureaucrats that are just kind of like well this is my job yeah well well shall we shall wrap it up into the sunset shall we wrap it up with a game of mary boff kill and and uh oh i have a i have a game okay i thought of this okay when i was looking at you Dory always wears these really nice black headphones whenever she, we record. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering, Dory, yes. if you were a droid, if you were a droid, a sentient droid that had not had its memory wiped and was like a droid in the Star Wars universe, what kind of droid would you be? What would you look like? Ooh, the ones I really like are those little hovery ones uh, with the with the disc heads. Mm-hmm. And they are like technical service droids. Mm-hmm. And they fix ships and they can go into tiny crevices. That's the kind I'd want to be because oh, I can yeah. sneak around. Okay. Uh, like in the Cad Bane episode of of um, of Clone Wars when he's like, you're not a very good butler droid. And he's like, I'm a technical service droid. That's the one I'd be. And, okay. And my name would be C7X1. Okay. I don't, I I don't just... know what my name would be, but I would be like an assassin droid. With, like, its head taken off and, like, a different head soldered onto it. Nice. And it's, like, it's, like, really jarring and they don't fit together, but it's, like, fun anyway. So it's got this really, like, it's got this really, like, agile body, but it's got, like, maybe, like, a protocol droid's head. But it's got, like, maybe, like, looks a little different than, like, a 3PO. So it'd be, like, like, your body would be all General Grievous and your head would be all 3PO? Yeah, but more kind of, like, spindly than General Grievous, which I know it's weird to think of that but it's possible with assassin droids because they they can hop around that they don't have capes cool. okay so let's do mary boff kill droid edition okay mary boff kill bb8 r2d2 
And what's another one that doesn't talk? C2B5. <laughs> well, kill C2B5 because I don't know who he is. Oh, dang. And no, then, wait. Let me give you a harder one then. And I would boff R2D2 and marry BB8 because R2D2 would be really hard, but he'd I think he'd have like funny sex. <laughs> and then BB8 just seems like a good companion. Yeah, BB8's pretty loyal. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd I think I'd do the same. I think I'd do R2D2 and marry BB8. Uh, okay, let's try another droid one. Uh, C-3PO. Uh, the droid who helps make the Jedi lightsabers from that episode of Clone Wars. I haven't seen that yet. Master, what's his bucket? And L3. L3? Well, marry L3. Mm-hmm. And then do the lightsaber droid and then kill C-3PO. Oh, I don't know. I think I might... I don't know. Well, the, the lightsaber droid is voiced by David Tennant, so it would be really tempting to do him. I bet he, like, knows stuff. He's an old droid. But 3PO is fluent in over six million forms of communication. Uh, yeah, but... It's gotta also, mean something. I could be the one who kills 3PO once and for all. I'm not leaving that chance up to fate. <laughs> I don't know. L3 is great, but she also seems like she'd be a fun lay. No, I. you know what? I'd marry the... I'd marry Master What's-His-Face, the ancient lightsaber wielding droid kill c-3po and do l3 that's my that's my picks um okay okay do you have any more combos you want to run i don't i'm running on empty at this point okay well we gotta wrap it up guys i'm gonna crash down my central core circuit is failing and you're gonna have to upload me to the ship's mainframe no tim It'll be fine. Oh, It'll be fine. I'm going to fix your circuits, buddy. Oh, fix your circuits. Oh, no, buddy. Come on. Stay with me. Oh, no. You're making this sound like a boy and his dog. <laughs> what? You're making it sound like a boy and his dog almost. Uh, isn't that what this relationship has been from the beginning? Truth, I guess. A girl and her droid. I guess so. <laughs> a, girl, a girl and her and her Vulcan companion. Yeah, it's true. I tried to get Tim to dress up as Kirk and Spock with me, but he won't do it. I. This, it sounds like expensive. It does sound expensive. All right, everybody. We'll wrap it up because Tim's dying. I am. And also, I'm very tired. Um, so if you would like to interact with the committee as we would like to interact with you, uh, you can send us emails at jdrcpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us tweets at jdrcpodcast on Twitter. You can check us out on Facebook at the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. You can follow us on Instagram at, you guessed it, jdrcpodcast. You can follow me, Dory Peacock, on Twitter at Dory E. Peacock. You can follow Tim on Twitter at Cyberprior. That's also Tim's Instagram handle if you want to see pictures of stuff that he does sometimes. Uh, what else have we got, Tim? Mm. Mm? Uh, you can come see me performing with Laughing Stock on Friday and Saturday nights. I'll try to post my next engagement on the JDRC fan page. Um, you can see your mother this Memorial Day weekend, and you should. Uh, that's all we have for tonight, and these are our sign-offs. That's a liar! All right, everybody, remember, we won't judge you, but we will bring the Jello salad to your trial. <laughs>